Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for March 9th, 2023. We're already in the third month, and we've been teaching about the miracles of Jesus all year long. Going into this year, the Lord told me to start the year with a series on the miracles of Jesus, and we've been looking at miracle by miracle. Some of these miracles we cover in one day. Some it takes us several days. Well, this this miracle for this morning, it's, it's a royal official son. And uh, once I got to it, I really debated. I have, I have enough content for multiple days. I was going to do it in two days. And then I debated. I almost did it in one day. And I was like, no, nah, this is too much stuff. This is too long. So I cut it up. I broke it up into two days. We're going to deal with, with him today. And then we're going to deal with this again tomorrow. I'm going to use this as an object lesson to teach you about faith. This is going to be some good teaching on faith today and tomorrow. The title of today's message is, Are You Ready to Believe? without seeing. When God speaks something to you, are you ready to believe God in that moment? Just as soon as God said it, are you ready to believe God in that moment before you get a doctor's report or a financial statement or a report from the legal system? Are you ready to believe God the moment that God spoke it? And that's how we're supposed to live. So we're going to learn some things about faith, about believing God without seeing. Put in the chat, say, I can believe without seeing. Say, I walk by faith and not by sight. We're going to learn some things. Get ready. Get ready. Open up your heart to receive. So let's let's get ready for the word this morning. I, I I know this is gonna be good. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. When we work, we walk, Matthew 4 and 4. But I live not by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. For me, when God speaks a word, I live off of that word. I live by that word. And as soon as God says the word and I receive the word, now if God says something about my children and it may not happen for three weeks, I don't have to wait for three weeks to see it before I believe it. I believe it the moment that God spoke it. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Put in the chat, say, I believe it. Y'all ready? All right, so here we go. All right, before we get into it, Psalms 126 and verse four, this is a scripture we're meditating on. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, do it again. Restore us unto the former glory. May streams of God's refreshing flow over you even right now to every dry heart is drenched again. Whatever dry area that you've had in your life, whatever area went dry over this last season from the pandemic to now, I declare that in this season, God is refreshing you, restoring you to the former glory, taking you to another level of glory. Every dry heart will be not wet, but drenched again. Say amen to that. Glory to God. All right, so let's get into this uh, miracle. John chapter four. Let me read for you verses 43 through 54. This is what the Bible says. Now, after two days, he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. Then he, then when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast for they were also at the feast. They had just come from Passover. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water turn into wine. And there was a certain nobleman, this is a royal, royal official, whose son was sick in Capernaum, 
Okay. So now they're in Galilee, but his son was sick in Capernaum. That's like over a day's journey away. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him, begged him that he would come down to Capernaum and heal his son. For he was at the point of death. Oh, oh okay. This is serious, y'all. His son was at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, except ye see signs and wonders you guys don't believe. Like you want me to go, you want to see it with your own eyes. Unless you see it, you will not believe. There are people that re refuse to see it until, I mean, to believe it until they see it. Like Thomas, when after Jesus's resurrection, uh, Jesus manifested himself to a couple of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. The disciples got back to the rest of the group. They were like, oh my God, we saw Jesus. Jesus is alive. And Thomas said, you saw him? And they was like, yeah, we saw him. He's like, nah, I don't know. I don't believe that. Unless I see Jesus with my own eyes, unless I, I put my hand in his womb, uh, in his womb right here on the side, unless I can touch that, I will not believe. That's why we call him Doubting Thomas. He said, unless I see it, I refuse to believe. And so this is not part of the story, today's message, but I'm going to give it to you anyway for free. So after Thomas said that, a couple of days later, the disciples were in a room and the door was closed. The Bible says the door was closed. Just to let you know, the door was closed. And then Jesus walked through the wall. Jesus didn't come through the door. Jesus walked through the wall like the matrix. Jesus, bad dude, y'all. Jesus, he walked through the wall like the matrix. And the Bible says, he said, he said, peace be unto thee. Oh, Jesus, you bad dude. And then they was like, oh, snap, we see Jesus. But he, before he did anything, he said, no, Thomas, I heard what you said. Come over here. Touch. He said, you said you needed to touch the holes in my hand. Touch it. You needed to put your hand right here in my side. Put it. And then Thomas said, okay, Lord, I believe. He said, yeah, you believe because you see, but more blessed are those who believe without seeing. Put in the chat, say, I believe without seeing. That's what I'm talking about today. So he says to this man, yeah, you want me to go? You want me to hear your son? Man, I'm so tired of this. Everybody, y'all got people that don't believe without seeing. You're looking at signs and wonders. And until you see the signs and wonders with your own eyes, you won't believe. And so Jesus uh, said to the man, though, I tell you what, Jesus perceived that the royal official, he he had actually had enough faith. So he said to the man, go, go that way. Your son is, will live. Go that way. Your son is healed. And the Bible says the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him. And so he went away like it was already done. And, and then while he was going down, one of the servants from his house came to meet him and said, hey, your son is alive. Your son is healed. And I love this part. He says to him, at what time? was my son healed? Remember, this is like a day's journey. He said, oh, 1 p.m. yesterday. He said, 1 p.m., yeah. And then the guy said, that's exactly when Jesus said, go, your son is healed. And so at that point, the Bible says that he and his whole household believed in Jesus. So here we're setting the stage. Jesus is ministering. He's going different places. Let me just add a little bit more color to this before I get to my two points. Jesus in John chapter four, is, is getting, he just got to Galilee and he actually, he went through Samaria. This was that famous incident where he said, he got up one morning and the Holy Ghost said, hey man, today you guys got to go through Samaria. You normally go around it. And he said to his team, we must needs go through Samaria. And it was like, 
the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans, but he had a divine appointment with a woman at the well. And then he told this woman about her life and she became the first evangelist and she started a revival in the area, right? So she went out and she preached Jesus and started a revival. After Jesus and his team got to Galilee, they were welcomed with open arms. And why? Because they had just left the Passover festival and there were people in Galilee who were also in Jerusalem during the Passover festival. And they saw with their own eyes what Jesus had done. And they were like, wow, this is a blessing. This is amazing. Jesus has chosen to come visit our city, to come visit our town. So they welcomed him there. And so he, he, that's where he meets his Roman officer's son and, and uh, the royal official son. And or the royal official about his son. And so the guy says, my son is at the point of death. He's about to die. Now, let me let me highlight a couple of things here. Remember that Jairus, who was a Jew, he was a leader of the synagogue, said, hey, my daughter is at the point of death. Similar situation. But Jairus said, hey, I need you to come lay hands on her. She shall recover. She shall live. And Jesus could have spoken healing from the seashore, just like he did with the centurion, uh, for the centurion servant. Jesus could have said, go, be healed. Your daughter's alive. But Jairus didn't have that level of faith. Jairus's faith was, no, 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 no. Mr. Jesus, I need you to come to my house, lay hands on my daughter. Then she shall recover. Then she shall live. And so that's what Jesus had to do, right? Because that's how he believed. And in this case, this guy was like, hey, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go all the way to Capernaum because my little, my son is dying. But he perceived that this man was like, man, I don't need to go all the way there. You actually have enough faith for me to just speak it. And, and just like what happened with the Roman centurion, he could just speak the word only. So he spoke the word. And just like that, the man believed God and he walked away. And then when he was going home, the servant said, hey, your son is healed. He said, what time was he healed? He said, one o'clock, one o'clock yesterday. And so he was like, yep, that's the exact time. And so he went home and basically told his whole family and his whole household whole became believers because of this event. So what does this mean for you today? I have two things to share with you in this morning, but I'm going to have to deal with this again tomorrow because I really want to teach you about faith as it relates to this. I, I believe that I can use this as an object lesson about faith. But let me give you the two things for today. You ready? All right, here's number one. Key point. Your level of faith dictates how God is able to work in, with, and through you. Your level of faith is dictating how God is able to work in your life. So, so put in the chat, God will deal with me according to my faith. God is going to deal with you according to your faith. And your level of faith is going to dictate how God deals with you. So if it is true that all things are possible to him that believes, that's Mark 9 and 23, and that's true. All things are possible to him that believes. Then it is also true that there are certain things that are not possible for the people who do not believe. So the people who do not believe, there are things that are not possible to them. It's not that it's not possible. It's just not possible to them because they don't believe. So for example, right before uh, I started this message, one, one of the people in the chat, his name is James, he asked us to pray for healing. Well, obviously, James believes that healing is possible for him and is possible for today. And because he believes that, it's possible because all things are possible to him that believes. There are some people, however, that don't believe that healing is possible for today. And so it's not that healing is not possible. It's just not possible for them because they don't believe. So say this, say, I'm a believer. Put in the chat, I'm a believer and not a doubter. I walk by faith and not by fear. So yeah, all things are possible for me because I believe. You are only limited by your capacity to believe God. One of the things that happens when 
the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. One of the, the things that happens when you watch today's word every day is that you are expanding your capacity to believe God. As you're hearing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, put in the chat, I am expanding my capacity to believe God. As I'm hearing about the things that God did supernaturally in the lives of others, and I internalize that for my own life, then I'm expanding my capacity to believe God. I'm, I'm, I'm learning about the miracles, and then I have an incident in my marriage, but I'm expanding my capacity to believe God to where this is not going to be the end of my marriage. I'm, I'm learning about the miracles, but then I have a, a situation with my children, but because I'm expanding my capacity to believe God, I know that this is not going to be the end of my children. And you see what I'm saying? So what happens is when you expand your capacity to believe God, God is now able to do more things in your life because you free God to move through your faith. Your faith dictates how God, your level of faith dictates how God is able to move in your life. So the more you expand your capacity to believe God, let me say it another way. God is limitless. Say, put in the chat, God is limitless. There's, there's nothing God can't do. But the problem is that some people have put limits on God. These are artificial limits that they've placed on our limitless God. So now these artificial limits are keeping God from doing what he wants to do in your life. And so Jesus was talking to the man and he was like, look, man, do you really need me to go all the way to Capernaum? That's like over a day's journey. And he was like, man, you see, that's why I can't stand. People just want to see signs, wonders, and miracles. You want me to do this so that you can see it with your own eyes. But do you believe? And if Jesus perceived that the man could just believe, and so he didn't have to go a day's journey. He could just speak it. And the man walked away like it was already done. And so when you expand your capacity to believe God, you're able to believe God on another level. You are only limited by your capacity to believe. I'll use me as an example, and then I'll continue on with this. Whenever God has, has wanted to do something significant in my life, um, just to be honest, I'm going to be transparent in plain text. In, in a lot of cases, it took me some time to get to the point where I believed it. And so, so when, I, when I moved from the little house that we had in Texas, uh, and Genia, I think you know where that house is, um, on Metropolitan Drive, when I moved from that little house into the house that we moved to, into in Georgia, what God wanted to do in our lives, that was such a big transition for me. I couldn't believe on that level. It took me months to really kind of believe God, to muster up the faith, to fully receive what God wanted to do in my life before he did it. <clears throat> Same thing happened when we moved into this house. It took a while. Nikita is on. Nikita, it took a while for us to find this house because it wasn't that God didn't know where the house was. I needed to expand my capacity to believe because I just didn't know that God wanted us to receive this kind of blessing. And so what happens is we slow God down. We limit God from doing what he wants to do in our lives with a lack of belief. Fear, doubt, and unbelief will put limits on God. Fear, doubt, and unbelief are causing you to be held back from God's best. For God to heal the royal, the royal official son, Jesus was looking for his faith. With his own lips, the guy said, Jesus didn't make this up. The guy said with his own lips, I need you to come to my house in Capernaum. I need you to come to my house. My son is at the point of death. I need you to come to my house. That's what he said with his own lips. And Jesus was like, look, man, I don't have time to go all the way to Capernaum. I need you to believe. And he sensed that he believed. So Jesus just spoke the word of healing 
and the man believed it, just like he had done with the, with the Roman centurion. As soon as Jesus believed that the man was ready to receive, then he was free to speak it. But Jesus needed to get to the point where he was like, is this man ready for this? Because some people are not ready for, for, for Jesus to say, oh, go, it's already done. Hold on, Jesus, I need to see it. So some people like doubting Thomas, they need to see it before they believe it. I love the fact that the man received it and he left. And then I love it that when the servant came and said, hey man, your son is, is fine. At what time did he get healed? He was like, I want to know for sure, for sure. Like I, I, this Jesus dude, he spoke a word. What time was it? When he got, he was like, oh yeah, the fever left his body at 1 p.m. yesterday. He said, man, that's exactly when Jesus spoke. I love it. Like he wanted to know for sure that that was exactly God. And here's another thing. Just like that, Jesus said it, healing traveled to his home and Jesus didn't have to go. Healing traveled to his home and Jesus didn't have to go. There's a person watching. I'm not going to say her name, but she's out of the country right now. And as she texted Isabella and I a few days ago and was like, hey, we have a situation here. We need your prayers. Well, she's out of the country. Isabella and I couldn't go to where she is, where she needed a breakthrough, but we set our faith in agreement. We prayed in Virginia and our prayers could go where we didn't, where we couldn't go. And we prayed in Virginia and our prayers went all the way out of the country and we set our faith in agreement and we saw a quick healing and the healing was manifested. Our prayers went where we didn't need to go. Jesus said, go. And he's like, man, I'm not, I ain't going to Capernaum. He's like, go, your son is healed. And the guy believed it. And watch this, the prayer went where he didn't need to go. The healing went to Capernaum and it was instantaneous. That's why I was like, what time was he healed? 1 p.m. yesterday. He was like, as soon as Jesus said, go, your son is healed. It was like the sun, boom, popped up out of the bed. I'm talking about that's the kind of God that we serve. I'm preaching this stuff because I need you to believe. Listen, Jesus was only on the earth for three and a half years. He only ministered, I mean, ministering. He started his ministry. He only ministered for three and a half years. He didn't have time to be doing a bunch of stuff. And so his time was limited. And so he was like, man, you, I, I'm not, I don't need to go all the way to Capernaum. I need you to believe. If you can believe that my prayers can go where I don't need to go, healing can go where I don't need to go. And he spoke the word only and the man's servant, I mean, the man's son was healed. This free Jesus to just say it is, listen, when the man, when he perceived that the man believed it, even though the man said, I need you to come. When Jesus perceived that the man was ready to receive, this freed Jesus to just say it. Here's my question for you. Is your heart freeing Jesus or limiting Jesus? Let me slow down on this point. Remember, God is dealing with you according to your faith. So is your heart freeing Jesus? Lord, you're free. Do it. Do it, God. Lord, do it again. You can do it. You can do whatever you want to do in my life. Or is your heart actually slowing him down? Is your heart actually limiting Jesus from doing what he wants to do in your life because of a lack of faith, because of fear and doubt and unbelief? Your faith is dictating to God how he's able to flow in your life. And so if you have a lack of faith and, and you are one of those people that need to see it before you believe it and you're walking by sight and not by fear, there's only certain things that God can do. But if you believe God, listen, are you slowing God down because of a lack of faith or are you freeing God to do whatever he wants to do in your life because of faith? I'm going to teach more about this point tomorrow. But listen, I want you to understand how God has all of this grace available to everybody to do all these things. But these things are not happening 
because of a lack of faith. So if you have the faith to receive it, then you free God to do it. Put in the chat, say, I free God to do it. Say, put in the chat, say, I refuse to limit God any longer. You, you, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching the miracles because I need you to open up your heart to, to, to receive. I, I, like, I, I really need you to get this point. Right now, I believe that there are people that are listening to me and your heart is, is widening. It's like your faith is being stirred up to where you're now, you're finally getting it. You are believing God on another level. Say amen to that. All right, number two, I'm gonna talk more about this tomorrow. Number two, manifestations of supernatural power, they draw the lost to Jesus. After Jesus healed the royal official son with just one word, the entire household believed in Jesus. This is why God is not against manifesting his power on the earth. God, God wants to see, there are people down here that God will heal them of cancer. God will heal them of leukemia. God will heal them of, 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 of injuries. God will give them new ears and eardrums and all of this. And they have doctor's reports. And the reason why God will do it is because God wants to see, there are people that will not believe until they see it. There are people that, will, so God will manifest his glory in a way that they can see because these miracles, signs and wonders, they draw people to hear, to Jesus. There are people within your sphere of influence that they want to see the God that you serve. They want to, they actually want to see the God that you claim to serve. They, they want to see something before they will believe. And so God is willing to do whatever he needs to do in your life so that he could draw the loss to him, but he's looking for you to believe. When people look at you, they want to see proof that your God exists. You say you believe God. Oh, <laughs> oh, Susie, Sally, Johnny, they go to church every Sunday, whatever. They believe in those fairy tales. They say you believe in God, whatever. They want to, they want to see something that proves that your God is real. So let me ask you this. If your life was on trial, if you were brought before a court and, and they take your life and they have video of your life, if your life was on trial, and you were accused of being a Christian, my question is, would there be enough evidence to get you convicted? <laughs> I mean, like, if your life was on trial and you were being accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to get you convicted? Or will all the, all the evidence they have just be circumstantial? Would, would it all just be he said, he said, he said, she said? Oh, no, all this person does is just talk about God, but we don't see no proof that there's a God manifesting himself in her life or in her life. Uh, uh, just let that sink in for a minute. If there's no proof that God is God in your life, if you can't point to anything where you're like, oh my God, this is a situation and look at what God did, then, then yes, you're going to, that doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean you're not born again. No, no, no. It doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. But what it does mean is that you are limiting God because there's, God doesn't, want to just be the God of your Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, God wants to manifest his glory in, with, and through your life, but he can't if you're not open. Let me close with what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. He said, listen, I want to be clear about this. My message, my teaching, my preaching what was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. It was with demonstration and power. When people look at me, I want them to see God. I want them to see. I want people to watch me. I can't tell you how many times where people that... that People will acknowledge, I didn't even like you, Rick, but there's something I, like I could not, mm, I could not deny the fact that there's something special about you. There's something, and, and this whole God thing, I'm not really, you know, I'm spiritual, but I'm not, you know, but at the end of the day, Rick, I couldn't deny that there's something that's, that, when you get involved, like you say stuff 
that other people say, but when you say it, it's just different. When your hand is on something, it's just different. And so I need to know about this God that you serve. People are looking for manifestations of power through you. They want to see that the God that you serve, he's a real God. Listen, we have a real God who, who deals with real people with real problems in real ways. And he wants to demonstrate his power through you, but you got to be open. Say, Lord, put in the chat, say, Lord, I'm open. I'm a conduit. I am ready for you to do everything that you want to do in me, with me, through me. God is real. He's ready to do it, but you have to be open. I'm going to deal with this passage again tomorrow. You ready? Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I have grown my faith to the point where I doubt every doubt and I dismiss every fear. Fear, doubt, and unbelief have no place in my life. I believe you, Father, and I believe there's nothing you can't do. So my heart is open to believe. My mouth is available to speak. My hands are available to touch and my legs are available to go. My entire being is available to you, Father, to be used of you for your glory. Whatever you want to do, you can do it through me because I remove every artificial limit I have ever placed on you. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. I walk by faith and not by fear. Demonstration and power flow through me for all the world to see. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting my notes, please go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. You get my notes for free. Why not sign up? Put your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, this is one of those messages where I know I was trying to teach and all of that, and I have a lot more to say about this, so we're going to do it again tomorrow, but there's levels of revelation in what I said. If you listen to this message again, you're going to hear something else. If you listen to it a third time, you're going to hear something else. This is one of those messages where you probably do need to go back and listen to it again. Get this down in your spirit. God is only limited by your capacity to believe. So leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you, and then share this message right now on your social media on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you. 